Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. series last Sunday entitled Truths for Tough Times. Um, I'm glad that that series is over because now I no longer have to repeat repeat that tongue twister of a title. Um, And so finished up Truths for Tough Times last week. This week, kind of an in-between week. Next Sunday, we'll have our Vision Sunday and introduce what our series will be on January 17th. But just wanted to really give you a practical lesson today that I think that you can take and use to, uh, number one, evaluate your life. Number two, Um, apply to your life. Uh, I think that 2020, if it did nothing else um, for Christians, it should have been a wake-up call. Now, let me just say, I say that knowing that sometimes it wasn't. Um, it, It is something to where I think a lot of times we see a year like 2020, which by the way, if you didn't get a handout, I would encourage you. Can we... I know we're not supposed to pass them out, but let's pass them out. All right, Justin and Jordan, can you guys just don't don't like kiss anybody while you're handing them out? All right, or spit on anybody? Or Ricky? Yeah, Ricky, you're over there. Definitely don't kiss. This is a singles class. All right. Um, <laughs> this is all going to be on YouTube. I'm sorry. Um, wow. Now I'm way off track. We need to get back to the Bible. All right. So, kind of an in between week right now. Here's what I want us to do. I want you to, number one, have that handout, not because the blanks are that important, but I want you to have that handout for the application questions on the back. Um, At the conclusion of our lesson, I'll pray, and I want to kind of walk you through what that handout and what those questions are kind of going for and give you some context to them. But I really want you to listen to today's lesson because I think that it's something that can help us maybe put some feet to what we experienced in 2020. I'm sorry, but for me, 2020 was not something that I look back on and that I really look at and think like, oh my goodness, such a horror. I really think that God used it. I think he used it in some ways that we may never know until we get to heaven. My wife and I, one of the discussions we had in 2020 when it just seemed like everything was swirling out of control and when we had watched way too many conspiracy theorist videos, um, was that, how many of you ever heard someone say, we'll never know this side of heaven? You ever heard someone say that? And like basically assuming that when we get to heaven that God's just going to be like, all that stuff that you believed on YouTube, (laughs) it wasn't right, but this is what really, like that's kind of what we assume heaven's going to be. Truthfully, I don't know that we're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, you know, all that stuff about the election. Well, here's what really happened. You know, all that stuff about the pandemic. Well, here's what heaven is a place of joy and heaven. The focus is on him. The focus is on God and giving him the glory that he deserves and that is due him. And so I think that sometimes when we make that statement, well, we'll never know this side of heaven. uh, We won't probably know on the other side of heaven. And so when we as Christians look at the way that the world is going, what that should cause us to do is not to spend our days, our weeks, our months, and our years building something down here. What it should cause us to do is reevaluate how much we're investing in this life and look at how much we're investing in the next life. And so Matthew chapter number six has been a passage that has really been on my heart since the beginning of the year haven't taught out of it. I know that Matthew 6 is one of those passages that is probably super familiar to you, but here's what I'm going to actually encourage you to do. 
I'm going to encourage you to go and memorize Matthew chapter number 6, verse 19 through 33. Now you're like, holy cow, that's a lot of verses. Some of you can quote movies and every song that you can quote songs in other languages. So I know you can quote the Bible in English, all right? Here's why I say that. Matthew chapter number 6, verses 19 through 30 is a passage that I can remember as a fourth grader. I had a teacher that she would make us these trifold uh, Bible passages. In the front would be the whole passage uh, listed out. So it would have all the, ver- all the words on it. Then the next page would have a few words missing. Then the next one would have even more words missing. And she used that to help us memorize those verses. Do you remember that? No, Lauren doesn't remember anything, so I'm sorry. But Matthew chapter number 6, verses 19 through 33 is one of those passages that she had us memorize. And I can't tell you how many times I have run back to these verses, just even if you don't know them word for word, the principles are so, so powerful. And so we don't normally do this. I normally try to take a short passage and expound on it, but today we're going to take a longer passage and expound on it, and we're actually going to read all of it as well. So Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 19, I want you to follow along as we read. This is actually a portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And let me just say that if Jesus is preaching, how many of you think that we would probably do well to sit up and listen, all right? Jesus preached one sermon in Scripture, all right? That means that if he's preaching it, if he's telling other people, if he's giving his points and subpoints, and he's got and he's standing up and preaching, there's probably a lot of good in it. Matthew chapter number six is a portion of that. All right, let's look at verse number nineteen. It says, "Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal." For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will love the one, or for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for, the, for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's go ahead and read verse 34 as well. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day 
is the evil thereof. I want you to go back and I want to really draw your attention to a couple verses, verse number 21 being one of them. Let's read verse 21 out loud together. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. One more time. Let's read it out loud. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then verse number 33, out loud together, ready, begin. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So many good verses in this passage, but here's the crux of it. God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of you. In a year like 2020, and moving into a year like 2021, sometimes we doubt. Sometimes we worry. Sometimes we begin to focus on things that ultimately are not what God wants us to focus on. And if God's going to take care of us, then what should we be focused on? What should we be prioritizing? And so I want to talk to you real quickly about how to have a good year right out of this passage. give you a couple thoughts from these verses. Let's pray. Let's ask God to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to look into your word. Lord, we thank you for the promises that are found within this passage. So much of our year over the past year was focused on what was going on down here. When this passage clearly points us to the fact that we should be worried and looking forward to what we are going to experience in this next life. Lord, I know that there are many who in this room that they are worried about their financial state. There could be even some in this room that are worried about where their next meal will come from. Lord, there are many that are worried about what the next semester looks like and what their job description will be when they return to a new job or maybe what their job will look like once they graduate. But God, we understand that you have said in this passage to take no thought for the morrow. And so, God, we're putting tomorrow in your hands and focusing on you today. Pray that you would help us to do that each and every day throughout this next year. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, one of the things that I try to do at the end of every year is I try to look back and say, okay, what would I have changed? What would I have done differently? And most of the time, I have to admit that for me, I'm someone who's hard on myself. I'm someone who who probably internalizes things a little too much. And as I look back over the year, what I normally wish would have happened is I wish I would have forced myself to do more. I wish I would have forced myself to maybe have healthier habits, or I wish I would have forced myself to wake up earlier, or I wish I would have forced myself to maybe do something differently or spend more intentional time with my kids or, or prioritize something differently. And when I look back at a year like 2020, here's what I have to say is that God forced me to do some things that I didn't know was good for me. It changed my priorities. I think that 2020, if you look at really the overlying lesson that was learned, is that your priorities matter. And in a normal year when things just kind of flow and everything just kind of goes the way that it's supposed to go and the way that it's laid out, your priorities aren't always put to a test. But in a year like 2020, when all of a sudden the whole world goes home, then guess what? Your priorities begin to matter. For married couples, people that had not invested in their marriages and who were two ships really passing in the night and who never had to learn how to live together, guess what? When they got put under the same roof with everyone else and they were in a stressful situation, that was a priority that showed that they probably should have put a little more time into it. Financially, you lose a job. 
You lose maybe your, your extra time. You, you have overextended yourself in maybe debt. Those priorities begin to show themselves. Maybe you hadn't put enough time into how you did your education, or maybe you hadn't put enough time into how you organized your time, and so those things begin to show when every student got sent home. Okay? There were so many things that our priorities were put under a microscope because they begin to show up and begin to actually hurt us. And if you did not prioritize things correctly in a year like 2019, it showed up in a year like 2020. Let me just say that moving forward as Christians, if you do not prioritize things correctly in this life, in this new world, in this new way or whatever, the new normal, it will begin to show it will begin to manifest itself in your life. And a passage like Matthew chapter number 6 isn't super popular in today's society. Because ultimately, here's what Jesus is saying. Stop worrying about what's happening down here and, what's worrying, and stop worrying about what's happening around you and start worrying about your afterlife. Start worrying about where you're investing your time. Start worrying about where you're investing your treasures. Start worrying about where maybe about how well I'm going to take care of you. Stop, stop worrying about all these extra things that maybe fill your mind, that maybe fill your time, that fill your schedule, that fill your days. Stop worrying about that and start thinking about what is to come. And I am not the prophet of doom. I've said that multiple times here in this class. But a year like 2020 should wake us up to the fact that there is something much bigger to this life than what we spend our days doing. Most of you, you woke up at 6 o'clock, 6.30, 7 o'clock, 7.57 if you had to be somewhere by 8, okay? Most of you, like, you woke up, you did your thing, you read your Bible, you went to work, you work eight hours a day, you go to lunch, you check social media, you go home, you watch a show on Netflix, you go to bed, and you do it all over again. And that's life. Where's the eternal fit into that? Where's the bigger picture fit into that? Okay, so you came to church on Sunday. But what are you doing beyond that? And so here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at three priorities that we can have this year that I think will give us a good year. Now let me just say, when I say a good year, I'm not talking about that all of a sudden you don't get sick, nothing bad happens to you. When I'm talking about having a good year, I'm talking about having a good year spiritually. And here's what I would dare to say is that if you can have a good year spiritually, you can have a good year in everything else. Not because your health is perfect, but because spiritual, spirituality trumps everything else. Meaning that if you are right with God, you can trust Him in bad physical situations. If you're right with God, you can trust Him in bad financial situations. If you're right with God, you can trust Him for emotional situations. Spirituality trumps every other domain. So first of all, let's notice this. Prioritize the spiritual. Prioritize the spiritual. I want you to look at verse number 19. 
He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you can write down this little phrase underneath there, when we talk about prioritize the spiritual, this is what you live for. This is what you live for, meaning this, that if you wake up every single morning and it is, I've got to grab for all the gusto that this life has to offer. I've got to work harder to get a promotion. I've got to do this. I've got to spend, I've got to stress about this. I've got to have a better phone. I've got to have a better uh, car. I've got to work hard so I can, that is how our world is built. And God pushes back on that narrative in this passage. Because he says, stop laying up treasures down here and start laying up treasures in heaven. Everything that you have down here is going to eventually fade away. But everything that you have in heaven will never go away. In fact, the things that you have in heaven show how you worshiped God in this life. And sadly, what many people will have to face when they get to heaven is not a scolding from God because they didn't do enough for Him. But what they will have to face one day in heaven is this, that they have entered God's kingdom empty-handed with nothing to show for what they did in their life down here. God doesn't care about your iPhone 12 in heaven. God doesn't care about your car in heaven. God doesn't care about really most of the stuff that we worry and stress about, does He? And if you are not careful, you will prioritize the unspiritual above the spiritual. You'll prioritize your laptops, your phones, your, your social media. You'll prioritize your work schedule. You'll prioritize your financial standing. You'll prioritize your bank account. And I'm not saying that any of those things are wrong or sinful, but I'm simply saying this, they are unspiritual, aren't they? There's something that will not last for eternity. And so God says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'll give you one illustration, then we'll move to the next thought. I remember when I was in college, we would have a missions conference at the church that we attended, and it was always this huge thing. The services were like three and a half hours long, but they would have different missionaries, as much like we do here, have different missionaries come in and present. And I can't remember where uh, or, or when this person presented or really even where they were going. But I distinctly remember well, there was one uh, missionary that was from a foreign field and he played his presentation and on his presentation he had verse number 21. And he said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And he took a completely different approach to it. He even had some of the nationals from that, the country that he was serving in. They had written like a little song that went along with this verse, and they were singing it in the background of his presentation. And he, said, and he basically said this. He said, I have placed everything that I own and every, all of my investments in this foreign field. And so because of that, that is where my heart is. And he basically said this, my heart is not in America. My heart is with these people on this video because that is where I have made my investment. And he said this, I believe that if I've made my investment there in that country with them and reaching them for the gospel, that my treasures in heaven will be greater for it 
because I've put my heart where my treasure is. That blew my mind. I've never heard that approach to this passage. And let me just say this, that if your investments and your treasures are what is around you, that's where your heart will be. That means when you drop your phone and it lands face down, guess what? Oh, oh do I want to pick it up? Do I want to pick it up? Do I want to pick it up? Oh, it's not cracked. Yeah! Because your heart's in that. That means that when you go and you check social media and you got 11 likes instead of 111 likes and no comments, that you're going to, your heart sinks. I thought that was a better post than that. I didn't even work really hard on the caption. Because your heart is where your treasure is. Meaning this, this week, look at what makes your heart drop. Look at what maybe causes you to stress and worry. Most of us don't worry about things that are spiritual. We worry about things that are unspiritual. So prioritize the spiritual. Secondly, prioritize the biblical. If prioritizing the spiritual is what you live for, then prioritizing the biblical is how you live. I want you to look at verse number 22. He says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. So if prioritizing the spiritual is what you live for, this is everything that you're chasing after, then prioritizing the biblical is how you live. He gives us really two options. He says you've either got to serve God or mammon. You've got to serve this life or the next life. You've got to serve good or evil. And when we as Christians begin to realize that we're either choosing God or evil, then that causes us to reprioritize some things. When we begin to see our choices as affecting our eternity, as affecting how we please God, when we begin to see things in this life that are unbiblical and do not matter, then we will begin to be able to experience a relationship with God that is unhindered because there's nothing between my soul and, my, and the Savior, as the, first, as the song says. Wouldn't it be great that in 2021, instead of having a long list of sin that enters into your life, or maybe some things that you know just are unbiblical and, and unhelpful, wouldn't it be nice to live in a way that is biblical? Let me give you two questions to think that through. Is there anything in your life right now that is unbiblical? We're talking about sin here. Maybe it's a television show that in 2021 you just say, I'm just going to stop watching it. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a lifestyle. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's the way that you communicate. Maybe it's the music that you listen to. Is there anything in this life that you have let creep in over maybe the course of your life or the last year that is unbiblical? That would be, now would be a great time to get that out. You know what I've seen over the last year is that 2020 wasn't a wake-up call to most Christians' spiritual lives as much as it was a wake-up call to most Christians' carnal lives. Well, if this is how life's going to be, if this is the end, then I'm going to just go and do whatever I wanted to do anyways. 
I'm going to watch what I want to watch. I'm going to veg out on what I want to veg out on. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. That's not what God intended. 1 Corinthians says, awake to righteousness and sin not. God says, find something that is good. So is there anything in your life that is unbiblical? But then the second question is this, is there any biblical principle that you can add to your life? Sometimes we are not guilty of sins of, om- of commission as much as we are guilty of sins of omission. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is, what's the next word? Sin. That was good, all two of you. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Meaning this, that if there is something in your life that you say, I'm just not practicing biblical, something biblical. Prayer can take you three minutes if you want it to. And yet some of you, the last time you prayed was when you had breakfast or maybe when you had lunch or supper last night. The last time you read your Bible was maybe when you sat down in here and we read verses number 19 through 34. Is there anything biblical, any biblical principle that you need to add? Maybe you need to surround yourself with some good relationships this year. Maybe you need to become faithful to church. Maybe you need to begin serving somewhere. Maybe you need to become more faithful in your witness. Whatever it may be, find a biblical principle and add it. Someone a long time ago taught me what was what they called the GIGO principle. Garbage in, garbage out. Meaning this, that when you put garbage in, garbage comes out. But there becomes a replacement theory with that. That if you take something out of your life unbiblical, replace it with something. If you're going to stop watching a 30-minute show on, on Netflix that is unbiblical, read a book that is biblical for 30 minutes. Find something to replace the unbiblical with something biblical. And then lastly, and we'll be done, is prioritize the eternal. So if prioritizing the spiritual was what you live for, prioritizing the biblical was how you live, then prioritizing the eternal is where you live. Where you live. Let's look at the verses. Verse 25. He says this, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Verse 26 through 29, he gives two examples. He says, the fowls of the air have food, and are you not much better than they? He says, the lilies of the field grow, they have clothing, are you not much better than they? He says, I take care of nature's food and clothing, and I love you more than I love them. So why are you worried about that? says, verse 31, Therefore, take no thought. Take no thought. I want to leave you with a challenge and we'll be done. I encourage you this week, maybe even today, look at your day, maybe print out a calendar. If I were you, which I'm OCD, have found that I was one of three people who set goals this year in this class. So, But if I were you, here's what I would do. Go to your laptop, whatever, pull up your calendar app, blank everything out, and print off what a week looks like. Just completely blank. Set yourself maybe an hourly reminder. What did I think about over the last hour? And as your teacher, I'm ashamed to admit that here's what I think that I would find. 
I think that I would find that I spent most of my time during the course of the day thinking about things that are not eternal. That just frankly don't matter. Last night I was going to sleep. I knew what I was going to teach about. And at about 10.45, I was laying in my bed, and I was worrying about something that it doesn't even it doesn't matter, like honestly. It, it was consuming my mind. I was taking thought for it. And if we're honest, here's what I think we would have to say, is that in 2020, we spent a lot of mental energy and mind space given to things that don't matter. And by we, I mean I. We gave the devil a foothold because we spent a lot of our spiritual energy worrying about things that God said he was going to take care of. I'm not saying don't prepare for cyber warfare or alien attack or I don't know, whatever whatever anyone's scared of anymore. I can't even keep up with it, all right? I'm not saying any of that stuff. Here's what I'm saying. Don't be guilty of having everything in line and in shape down here and having nothing to show for eternity. I would hate to think that I would spend a whole year, which I'm not going to spend a whole year doing this just as a preface, but I would hate to think that I would spend a whole year giving up soft drinks and eating broccoli and not dipping it in ranch because that has too many calories and eating carrots and juicing and doing a thousand push-ups every day. And yet when I get to heaven, say, sorry, God, I was kind of, I was just really trying to stay healthy down there. There will be people that are fit in heaven that have nothing to show for eternity. There will be people that have 3,000 rolls of toilet paper ready for the end of the earth, but have nothing to show for in heaven. There will be people, and this, this hits at home because we're in the South, and it hits me at home because I was born in West Virginia, that have 17,000 rounds of ammunition and are ready for the zombie apocalypse. Like, like you know which, which bullet takes down people and which one takes down zombies, okay? Like, we're ready for that, but yet when we stand before God, we have nothing to show for it. Do you see how so often we get things twisted down here? Do you see how it can become so messed up when we begin to focus on what is going on here, what is going on in this life? When God says, take no thought for the morrow, man, that'll just sock you right across the face, won't it? Because most of what we worry about is, oh my goodness, um, okay, I've got this bill due, I've got this, I've got that. Kind of got to get ready for the end of the world. Um, take no thought for the morrow. For the morrow will take thought for itself. So what does he say in verse 33? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at 
FRBC underscore Crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.